0: Look at this scripture from Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 verse, I'll start at verse uh, 34. Mary said, how will this happen? I am a virgin. Verse 35, and the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The The power of the Most High will overshadow you. And the baby to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. I love this verse 37. For the word of God will never fail. Come on, give me a good amen, everybody in the building. For the word of type Amen in the chat now. Don't just eat your waffles. Engage with us. For the word of God will never fail. One more Amen right there. And Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. The word of God will never fail. I want to talk about Christmas is for everyone. Christmas is for everyone. Father, anoint these moments we share in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thank you, brother. By the way, can we just thank our amazing worship team and Zach and the whole crew? Thank you, brother. Beautiful. Christmas is for everyone. The, the power of Christmas and the power of the Christmas season is that no matter the season you're currently in, there is a word from God to you. I sat on uh, on my couch last night and I come here on Saturdays and I pray and I just was crying and crying and crying and crying and crying. I couldn't control myself. I wrote my wife and I said, I need a hug when I get home. And you know, that's a big deal when I need a hug because we're... Both personality Enneagram eights, which means we just run over people. We don't know how to hug people. But so when I need a hug, come on, somebody, it's like, it's like <laughs> I'm hurting. And you know, it wasn't for any one particular thing. I think I was just, you feel the weight of this year, especially as you are coming to the end of the year. And it really feels weird because I, there are so many seasons represented in this room right now and in our church. And I think what kind of messes me up emotionally is you get one text that is like, OMG, best year ever. Never made more money. Never had more time with my family. This has been awesome. God has made a way. And then the next person is like, I don't know what to do. I don't know how we're going to make it. I, our whole family is sick. I I just lost my, my parent. It's, it's so radical. There are such high highs and such low valleys this year. And I've had to try to pastor people through this. And I want you to know today that no matter the season you're in, you're not alone. Um, No matter what you're going through, you're not alone. And whether you feel like you're on the highest high or the lowest low, God has a word for you. God has a word for you. And it is that word that sustains you in success, and it's that word that empowers you in pain. It is that word that keeps you grounded when you're on the mountaintop, but it's that word that keeps you lifted when you're in the valley low. And the, the Christmas season in Scripture is a supernatural season full of words from God. And I want to give you six words today, and I believe you're going to find yourself somewhere in the text, and God does have a word for you. Number one, if you're confused like Joseph, be patient. God will work it out. If you're confused like Joseph, be patient. God will work it out. But after he had considered this, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. That's Matthew 1.20. After he considered this, what was he considering? He was considering the fact that his fiance, who he has never slept with, just met with him and over in an outburger said, baby, I'm going to have a baby, and it's not yours. And Joseph, like every good man, said, who is it? She said, you can't fight him. Uh, Almighty God, the Spirit of God overshadowed me, and he literally created a human on the inside of me. I'm, I'm pregnant with the God child. I'm on the fulfillment of Isaiah's prophecy that a virgin would give birth. I can't, I, uh, this is what happened. Well, he was gracious to her, and they left in and out and he made her pay. And um, <laughs> Come on, somebody. You can pay for this one, girl. You got money. You, you got God. <laughs> and so, uh, <laughs> just reading into the text a little bit. Someone's like, in and out was in the Bible? Probably. Is that good? Uh, so they, the, the Bible said that he went home and he decided to divorce her quietly. Here's the reason, that in Bible days, once you were engaged, you were basically married, but you had not consummated the marriage yet. You had not um, had relations yet. And so they were basically married. And the Bible says that he considered that he would divorce her quietly. In other words, honorably, he was going to end the relationship. And while he was considering this, the angel comes. So if you're confused like Joseph today, going, I don't know what to do, I want to ask you to be patient. God will work it out. Uh, We are in a very emotional culture. So let me just remind everybody thinking is underrated. We have underrated thinking in our society. And we have overrated feelings in our society. I didn't say thinking was overrated. Y'all got quiet and nervous. I said thinking is underrated. We, we have lost the ability to consider. But the Bible says that he considered, he, he pondered, he processed, he waited, he slept on it. He decided to give it a few days. Let me remind you that just because it is urgent does not mean it is important. And just because it is important does not mean it is urgent. And this was a very important decision that Joseph had to make. But if he would have made it in urgency, he would have missed out. So I want to tell someone who is confused like Joseph be patient, wait, be still. Give God enough time to talk. Number two, if you're you're seeking like the wise man, look up. God will lead you. If you're seeking like the wise man, look up. God will lead you. The Bible says that they went on their way, Matthew 2, 9, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. Theologians tell us this journey would have taken two to three years from the time Christ was born until the time they finally got to the home to have this moment that is so famous. This was a long journey. I want to tell somebody, if you're seeking today, keep looking up. Jesus said, knock, the door will be open. Seek, you will find. Ask, and you will get an answer. Psalm 121 verse 1 says, I lift my eyes to the mountains. In other words, I look up. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Somebody say amen. I want to I encourage somebody to look up beyond the noise, beyond the opinions, beyond the ever-changing ideas of culture, beyond the natural wisdom of this earth. Look up to Jesus If you're seeking today, keep looking up. Don't look within. Don't look straight ahead, but look up. For three years, these men are on a journey looking up. If you're like the wise men today, seeking, look up. God will lead you. Number three, if you're afraid like Mary, be still. God will calm your heart. Luke chapter 1 verse 30, the angel said, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. Just elbow your neighbor, whoever you're with, tell them, fear not, fear not, fear not. Let them know, fear not. Type it in the chat, would you? Fear not. Fear not. Fear not is found 366 times in the Bible. One old preacher said, there's a fear not for every day of the year and even one for leap year. Let me remind you, it's 2020, it's a leap year. So God gave us a fear not even for the scariest year in modern history. I I just want to remind you today that when God says fear not, when God says be not afraid, when God says courageous, God is not telling you to just toughen up, but he's asking you to change your expectation. See, fear means the anticipation of danger. So when David says in Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation, of whom shall I fear? The Lord is a stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? Here is what David is saying. I will not live my life. I refuse to let the devil steal my life, living in the constant anticipation of danger. I'm going to live my life in hope, in the constant anticipation that God is working, that God is moving, that God's, come on somebody, God's about to do something in my life. The Bible said God has not given you a spirit of fear. In other words, he has not put a spirit on you that constantly anticipates the worst, but he's given you power, love, and a sound mind. Do not be afraid. But it's 2020. Do not be afraid. But the numbers keep rising. Do not be afraid. But I'm scared. Do not be afraid. I'm, I'm making the decision by faith. I will not live in the anticipation of danger. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. These are the words of Jesus, kind of important. My peace I give to you. I do not give it to you as the world gives it. Come on, that piece is up and down and it's here today and it's gone tomorrow and depends on how much money you got and who you're hanging with and who your friends are, who your spouse is and all that kind of stuff. I don't, I don't give you that kind of a piece. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Fear is loud. Fear is obnoxious. And fear is constantly trying to take the lead in the believer's life. So I want to remind you that though fear may be in the car, and boy, they are a terrible backseat driver. You never let fear drive. Just because it's in the car, and just because it's yapping, and just because it's telling you when to go, and when to stop, and when to turn, and when to turn around, and when to... No, fear may be in my car, but it is not driving in Jesus' name. Name, if you're afraid like Mary, be still. God will calm your heart. Number four, if you're distracted like the innkeeper, pay attention. God is near. If you're distracted like the innkeeper, the Bible says in Luke chapter 2, verse 7 that they came and there was no room in the inn. And so basically, what happened is they were moved to what would have been like the basement of the house. It was, it was like a home, and then at the very bottom was kind of an open barn where all the animals lived, and that's where they ended up that night. I, I want to tell you, if the innkeeper knew who was knocking on his door, they wouldn't have ended up in the barn. He would have moved whoever was in the house from whatever bedroom, no matter how good they were sleeping. And he would have said, move out the way the king is here. And I want to tell every distracted person, maybe today you're distracted by success. Others of you distracted by the storm. Others of you just distracted by the the busyness of the Christmas season. I I want to tell you, pay attention, God. God is near. God is moving. If the innkeeper knew who would have knocked, he would have given him the master bedroom. And I want to remind you today that in the book of Revelation chapter 3, Jesus said, I stand at the door and I am knocking. Will you let me in? And let me tell you who that scripture was to. It was not to unbelievers. It was to the church. He said, can I have room in your heart? Can I have room in your life? And I don't want the basement. I don't care how nice it is. I want I want it all. I want every room. I want every door. I want every closet. I want every bathroom. I want every, I want all of it. If you're the innkeeper today and you feel distracted, pay attention. God is trying to talk to you. God is trying to speak to you. God is trying to calm your heart. God is trying to encourage you. But you got to, you got to pay attention. Number five, if you're stuck in a routine like the shepherds, come to him. He sees you. They were just doing their thing, huh, in Luke chapter 2. They were just feeding the sheep and leading the sheep and shearing the sheep and doing their thing, watering the sheep. They were just going through their day. And all of a sudden, God showed up. And I don't know about you, but I've kind of felt like 2020 has been one super long day. I don't know. It feels like Groundhog Day a little bit, like... Ooh, like you're just kind of stuck in a cycle going in a circle. When will this end? I'll never forget. We rushed home from vacation back in March, and we left early. We got home because I felt like I needed to see the church maybe one more time. Didn't know what was going to happen next. And so we preached that last Sunday, March fifteenth, 2020. And that next Monday, I hop on FaceTime with all of our staff members, and I said, guys, go get some soup, buy you some toilet paper. Come on, somebody. And... Uh, And we'll see you in two weeks. We're going to have two weeks to slow the spread. It is 200 and something today, days of slow the spread. But here we are, glory to God. I did not expect it. Anybody else? Y'all didn't expect? You're like, we're going to take two weeks. We're going to kill this little cold. And then, and here we are. And it is December. (sighs) Okay, I'm the only one frustrated about that. Okay, I got to be honest with you. I've only found one relief for my soul. Sometimes you don't know that God is all you need till he's all you have. And this year, I have needed that living water like I've never needed it. I've needed that bread from heaven like I've never needed it. And like those shepherds that are just going through the motions, I have needed something fresh and something new and something life-giving, and I have found it, and I have only found it in Jesus. And 2020 has reminded me that everything that I've been preaching for over 20 years of ministry is real, it's true it's the only thing that matters, it's the only thing that can sustain me and I've preached it forever but it's easy to preach it when everything's going good but in a season like this I am reminded that he is living water, I am reminded that he is manna from heaven, I am reminded that he is my sustainer, I'm reminded that I'm a child of God, I'm reminded that nothing could separate me from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus I've been reminded this year that I'm not just a conqueror, I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. Come on, can you say amen, amen to this preacher? And if you're like the shepherd and you just feel like, when is this dark day going to end? Come to him. He sees you. James chapter 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God. He will draw near to you. There is a lot I do not have control over. But I can choose to draw near. And if I'll draw near, he will draw near. And he is fresh and he is new. And he is always relevant, always powerful, always life-giving. And even when it feels like it's just the same thing over and over and over and over again in 2020, there is this fresh wave called the presence of God that you can experience. Lastly, we'll have the whole team come. If you've been waiting a long time, like Simeon and Anna, don't give up. God is faithful. Everybody shout, don't give up. Come on with a little more force. Don't give up. Yes. Simeon and Anna are two old prophets in the book of Luke chapter 2. And the Bible said that the Spirit of God spoke to both of them that they would not die until they saw in the Messiah. They had a promise from God. And the Bible said in Luke chapter 2 verse 28 that Simeon went into the temple. He saw Mary and Joseph. He saw Jesus and he took the child in his arms and he praised God. And I declare in the name of Jesus you will take that thing in your arms and you will praise God. Has it been a long time? Has it it felt like years and years and years of believing God? You will hold that thing in your arms and you will praise God. And if you feel like Simeon, if you feel like Anna, like you've been waiting a long time on a word from God to be fulfilled, this is not the time to give up now. Come on, somebody. You have made it to December 2020. You better not give up now. Come on. And I declare, I prophesy, you'll hold it in your arms. You'll hold that relationship in your arms. You'll hold that, that restoration in your arms. You will hold that promise in your arms, the things that God spoke to you. You know it was God. You know God told you. You know God put it in your spirit. And you're wondering, when is it ever going to come to pass? You will hold it in your arms, and you will praise God. The book of Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3 says, Though it seems slow. And it will at times. Like just when is this going to happen? Though it seems slow, wait for it. It will surely come to pass. It will not delay. I want to tell you today, be patient. The Bible says be, be patient in hope. I'm patiently hopeful. I'm patiently hopeful. I'm patiently Hopeful. And I will hold it in my arms. And I will not praise me. I will praise God. I believe you got your word today. I don't know if you're Mary. I don't know if you're the wise men. I don't know if you're Joseph. I don't know if you're Simeon or Anne. I don't know if you're the shepherds. I don't know. I don't know who you are today. Maybe. Maybe that you're that innkeeper. I don't know, but I believe you got your word. You're watching right now and you do not know Jesus. You're far from God. Maybe you've never given your life to Christ or you at one time served God and you've kind of backslid and you've walked away and you want to come home. Pray with me. Pray with me now. Give your life to Christ. His arms are wide open. That's why he came. That's why he came. That's why he came. Pray with me. I want everyone in the room and everyone watching right now to pray this prayer out loud. Say, Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you died for me. You took my place on the cross. And I believe you rose again. On the third day, I turn from my old life, I repent of my sin, and I declare with all of my heart, Jesus is Lord. Before anyone looks around right where you are right here, just keep your eyes closed and right where you're watching this from, wherever you're watching this from, just have a moment of prayer right now. Jaben, that was me. I just gave my life to Christ or I'm rededicating my life to Christ. If that was you, on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. If you're watching online, I want you to acknowledge somehow in the chat, I just gave my life to Jesus. If you're in the room right now, do it. If you're all alone somewhere, I'm going to ask you to do it as well. But on the count of three, Jaben, I give you my life to Christ. I'm rededicating my life. You know who you are. He's calling you home. One, two, three. Let me see your hand. Let me see your hand. I saw you. I see you. I see you. I see you. Anybody else? I see you. I see you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Any other hands? Anybody else? Beautiful. Anybody else? Beautiful. You put your hands down. Is there even one more person that needs to make this decision? Beautiful. Awesome. Fantastic. Awesome. Come on, church. Let's celebrate all those who just, wow, gave their life to Christ. Oh, come on. Let's really give God praise.